0: Hello, podcasters. Teresa McBean here at North Star Community, and as usual, I'm here with my co-pastor and son, and son, not husband, <laughs> Scott McBean.
1: Yep, that's me. I'm here also at North Star, same room and everything.
0: We haven't podcasted in so long.
1: I know it's been it's been a few weeks. I've had some uh, I've had some email requests come in wanting to. Um, hear these, uh, the messages that we've done so far and been a little delinquent in responding to those, but only because I had nothing to give you. So hopefully we will, well, we're remedying that right now. It's not hopefully anymore. we are, we're fixing it. We are making it happen. We're
0: making it happen.
1: Um, yeah, my schedule is so different. Tuesdays was our podcasting day before. Uh, not that anybody really cares, but I am now working uh, on Tuesday mornings from 5:30 a.m. to 10:30 a.m at um, Family Counseling Center for Recovery just up the road here as part of my master's program. That's one of my internships. So I do that on Tuesday and Thursday and that was kind of the free time that we had blocked off to do our collaborative work. Right? So and we had so, to we
0: had to find a, a new block of time.
1: Yeah, we've got to get we've got to get creative this okay. semester. Uh-huh. You know,
0: um, before we get to your message, I think this is a little good point uh, to um, to say to people. Something we've been talking about a lot lately, at least I have, is uh, change and how we make changes. Yep. And this is a great example of how... Um, when you build your schedule in to succeed at something and it's just a set thing like our podcast time was the set thing and we did it then right when that left it it took us a, over a month to figure out how to how to find another space for it so
1: yeah and even now this is not even probably our regular time this is just like yeah
0: but, yeah know, we're, we're we're just going to struggle with this for a while
1: so i found that to be true in um, a number of areas of life, so like with me being, so I'm I'm out of the house at nights generally, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, and some Tuesdays, right. right? Depending on if I have meetings or, um. So then Brittany's Brittany's out of the house on Tuesday nights, right? And so we have very few nights to see friends with that right. schedule. So, but we have some friends who live right around the corner from us, and we have this standing thing. I think I've probably mentioned this before, but they come over on Sunday nights. And it's kind of like we don't even, some some Sundays, we don't even check to see if they're coming. You know, we just right. scramble. We scramble to get the house, I'm not going to say clean, but we, you know, we try to get it better. Right. And then they don't even knock, they just walk in. Right. 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 And if we didn't do that, we would never... We probably would never see them. Right. But having like a standing order is yep. such an important part of uh, prioritizing the things you want to do in life. Right. I can remember somebody, um you know, I kind of rolled my eyes at it at the time um, until I realized how disorganized I was with my own time, but... Um, You know, the time management people, you know, tend to say, like, you know, you only work on emails from this hour to this hour, and you, like, put all of this stuff in your schedule, right? Like, you schedule when you're going to do this activity, when you're going to do that activity, and you do it from this time to that time, and, you know, I've tend to only thought about scheduling in terms of the meetings that I have, you know, so I'll put that on and then I have this other time to manage all these other things, but it's just not a very efficient way to work.
0: No, I mean, <clears throat> just because of the uh, uh, schedule that I'm keeping lately, I am using that time management system. Mm-hmm. And it's great as long as you don't forget to put something in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I've had a couple epic fails, but I think overall it's been really helpful.
1: Yeah, well, it's a learning pro. Anytime you do something new, there's a learning process, right? So. Right.
0: So we'll get that podcast into my schedule <coughs> at some point when you don't yep. have the
1: plague and whatnot. Yeah, sorry for my sorry for my cough. And um, <laughs> she kept talking over it, so it's going to have to stay in now. It's locked in.
0: So um, this was your message, I believe, that we're going to talk about. And it's yep. at the start of, semi the start of. <laughs> no, uh, it
1: was the start of.
0: Oh, uh, was it the start of mm-hmm. okay? Um, this this uh, new theme of building a new family, and this was your, yeah. this was our kickoff, right?
1: Yeah. So I thought you know maybe before we even discuss the message, um, and maybe we wanted to talk about why we would even consider doing a series on building a new family. Why is that? A, why does that seem like a significant idea? You know, one worth exploring.
0: Well, and when we sat down and thought about. The themes of messages we wanted to do in 2020, not only was this on the list, it was top on the list for us because it seemed really important to us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So why, you know, from your perspective, I mean, I'll share my thoughts too, but why from your perspective um, did this seem, you know, why did it seem important
0: Well, for me, one of the reasons I think it seemed important is because uh, most of us only know the family that we came from. Mm -hmm. And um, we're trying to work on saying, um, let's expand that view because maybe the family we came from has some deficits that we need to shore up. Yeah, And conversely, maybe the family we came from has some things that it does really, really well. That we take for granted Uh, because we just assume, well, this will just naturally happen to a family. But maybe what we don't realize is our family worked really hard to um, integrate that value into a practice of family life. And if you don't pay attention to that, you may wake up one day and realize you've lost it. So um, I think there are tons of reasons, but that's the one That I think is really near and dear to my heart is I really, really, really want people um, to think long and hard about what kind of family they want to have and all the things that they're going to have to change or sacrifice or add to or eliminate in order to create that family. It It would be sad to me to get to the end of my life and not have thought much about family.
1: Yeah, this is an area where I really admire our um, Saturday night crowd. So I think they've done this; they've done a really good job with creating not just a sense of community amongst themselves, but family. I mean, I think—correct me if I'm wrong—but I think there's a group at least that does Thanksgiving together every year, or at least part of Thanksgiving,
0: Christmas, um,
1: Christmas Day, all major holidays. Eve. Um, and it's just like those are the things that you would typically say are family, and they've done this as non-biological relatives? Yes. And I think part of that is because we're a recovery community and recovery rips families apart. And we don't right. need to really judge the rightness or the wrongness of that, but you know, I think it's enough to just observe that it happens. And so in a recovery community, there's this question of when our family gets ripped apart, what do we do? Right? right. Cuz like for better or for worse, family is our is our home base. Right. Uh, for for many many people, for the vast majority of people. And um. So I think that, you know, and this often happens with home groups and things in 12-step in rooms is a similar idea of like building this new family because family becomes too hard, right? It, it right. can make sobriety fragile or mental health fragile. Um, but also like you were saying, it it doesn't have to be a dualistic thing. Like we can create family with our family and we can create family with our non-biological family. Right. And depending on who you share your certain way of seeing with. Sometimes you'll have some family members that you really, really connect and align with and some that you don't. Sometimes you'll have friends that you really share a certain way of seeing with and others that you don't. It's, it's not a—this series isn't about how to choose a new family because your family sucks. It's right. about how do we identify who— Around us is family, right? Right, and and that will likely include both biological and non biological family,
0: right? You know, um, there's another uh, group that I really admire that's creating family in addition to our Saturday night crowd, and that is uh, uh, the Healing Place, uh, which is a uh, uh, treatment facility for primarily uh, homeless men in the Richmond area. And they um, have a community meeting every week. Mm -hmm. And consequences are meted out, often writing long papers. Yeah, uh, fifteen hundred word papers, which is just seems like cruel and unusual. I thought to it was punishment. more than to that. The I guess. thought it
1: tended to be longer than. Oh, that.
0: that's just like for sneezing on somebody without covering your mouth. I mean, their papers <laughs> can get really long. There can be a series of consequences, and some of them can be quite serious. Right. But the community. This isn't handed down from on high. This is the community policing itself, and I've been really lucky to be invited to come to a couple of those meetings and sit in. And the thing that um, I am so impressed by and so profoundly aware of is what they're doing is they're creating family and um, they're having to deal with, you know, the majority ruling on a consequence right. and having conflict about that and being irritable and irritated and right. Something sometimes things don't seem fair
1: and... Yeah.
0: Sometimes even the best decisions aren't made, but they're learning yeah, how to do it. Yeah. Sometimes you
1: get a consequence for something that you didn't do, but the majority thinks that you did. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Um, I've talked to several guys over the years who've been in that situation, and um, people respond to it in different ways. But it tends to be what happens is people are like, because I've lived the life that I have, I have to accept that. There's going to, co- co- there are going to be consequences that come my way rightfully and sometimes ones that come wrongfully. And I have to live with that as part of my, as part of my living amends, which yeah. I think is like amazing perspective.
0: Well, and, and. I, is, I got,
1: I think about it like. Yeah. I got a, my first speeding ticket ever like a year ago and I was pretty mad about it because the, the circumstances, it was like a, an extreme downhill and the speed limit changed from 55 to 35 and like a quarter of a mile. And it just seemed like that was designed to get you. Right. Right. But I've sped so many times in my life and completely gotten away with it. Right. right? And so it's like when I calmed down a little bit, it was like, you know, I know that's not how it works. You don't just give people like lifetime offender awards or whatever. Right. right. But at the same time, like I've had it pretty good, you know? And so it's okay to get caught once, Right.
0: Right. And, you know, uh, you know, there's something beautiful about having to, and in some ways I think your, your message sort of gets to this, uh, that we're going to eventually get to, but, um, there's something really- We're be- working up to it. We're working up to it. There's something really beautiful about understanding that in a family, in in families and in healthy families, um, sometimes fair isn't the highest value. Yeah. And so sometimes you take things on the chin. And
1: um, Now, how do you, I'm just, uh, I just want to be clear for myself. How do you mean that? Because I've heard people say, like in families, things aren't always fair, but they're equal. Like some, but is that what you, is that the kind of thing you mean? Or, or no, sometimes are you saying, I
0: don't think it's either fair or
1: equal. You're talking about something that's like kind of unjust. That sometimes families are inherently unjust.
0: Yeah, because there's a value that's higher than whether everything's fair or just,
1: but a negative value.
0: Um. What I was going to say is it's actually a positive value. Okay. Like sometimes you choose to do something that seems really unfair because you realize that in so doing, um, it, um, it, oh, well, we're going to talk about this, but it reduces strife in the family. The danger is if it's always one sided. But sometimes, in a moment, you choose to reduce strife because you value family so much, rather than making sure everything is always both equal and fair.
1: Okay. What? Okay. I got confused by your last sentence there because the way you started that sounded like the fair but equal thing. Like sometimes, in a moment, something isn't fair, but you trust that in the, over the long haul, in a family that that sort of has a sense of proprieties that that this is gonna even out, that we're applying our values, um, that we're pro- applying the values consistently, but that still means that sometimes people are going to be, they're going to get the short end of the stick, so to speak.
0: Well, so let me say it like this. Like, how, about,
1: how about an example?
0: Let me give you an example, but then let me say this first. Like, I think when we say sometimes things aren't fair, but it's all equal in the end. Mm-hmm. I think that's just what you say to people who are getting the short end of the stick a lot,
1: <laughs> right? Well, you have to be intentional about it.
0: You would have to be intentional about it, but even on your best intentions, yeah, right. So, one of the examples that I would give is that um, um, one of the things that I think has consistently been unequal in in my family system uh, of origin. Um, was, um, how much I traveled to see my family. Okay. And, um, so that was always a very one-sided thing. And, um, I never even sort of realized that that was true until my brother kept saying, I really appreciate the way you travel Mm -hmm. to come, you know, um, be part of family, right? And of course, you know the majority of them were sort of, kind of in the same place, and I was the the person furthest away. Mm-hmm. Um, so it made sense, but my traveling has never been exactly fair or equal, right? And um, I didn't realize that, but that is true. Um, and there were a variety of circumstances for that. Um. But it was really kind of great when my brother acknowledged that and helped me see it because it was actually a a way of affirming my priority for being near my family. Now, things have changed, and I have noticed that that brother in particular is working really hard to turn the tables and um, come see and visit me. Um, And so I don't know that things will ever exactly be equal in that area, But my gosh, his intentionality just means the world to me.
1: uh, Well, I guess I won't belabor the point. I'll let it go because I don't, I think what I heard you saying initially was, and it's okay for me just not to understand and we can move on, was that sometimes there's like a higher priority that's a positive value that leads to the situation. Whereas with that situation in your family, there are some, you know, there were times where people just, I don't think there was any higher value that tended to be served. You personally had the high value of...
0: It was my higher value, and that is my example. So, like, I would be willing to take the short end of the stick because my higher value was proving that I lean into valuing my family, right? Uh, I'm not judging anybody else's. This is just what I was doing.
1: Yeah. I just... For it to be, to me... in in my mind for that to be an a, a really like for that to be an actual positive example of a positive value then it would have to be a shared family value that everybody was pursuing together rather than one person saying i'm really going to value this time and therefore i'm going to get the short end of the stick to do it
0: so, so i would say that in this example my brother and i valued it and one of the things was i understood his life circumstances that made it hard for him to be the traveler so you're you're because you're my son, you're thinking of a larger family system thing. But think of the relationship between my brother, Bob, and I. Right. Right? And well, so I, I we, get ha- that we shared that value. So let's just yeah. limit the example of that. <laughs> you know, actually, we should never use examples from my family system because so much of my family system is so screwy. <laughs> I,
1: yeah, I Lesson learned. Yeah, I'm going to
0: make up family stories in for, the future.
1: For me, it kind of muddied the waters a little bit. But I think, I mean, you know,
0: our podcasters don't know how crazy my well, family is, and it
1: doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't <laughs> doesn't matter my experience of the thing, and I think you know the conversation itself will probably be valuable, um, regardless of whether we get total clarity on it. So I guess um, to transition into the message, then um, the I think where you were initially headed with that is that. Um, building a new family means being on the lookout for certain types of values that are shared amongst people. Right. right? And then also on an individual level, and this is the part of your story that I think connects to the message with me is that as individuals, we choose to prioritize certain things and we choose values that we're going to have, um, that help us pursue our certain way of, uh, seeing and being in the world. Right. So, like right. In, in your example, your priority was I have family that I want to see, and this is the way that I'm going to see them. And I really wish that, you know, I didn't have to do as much traveling as I do or whatever. I, I know you didn't really have that thought, but just for the sake of argument, it would be nice if there was more mutuality in this with, you know, all of my family members. But for me personally, my high value is having some connectedness to my family, and I'm going to pursue that. So I think there's a, the point that I'm making here is that both as individuals, we have to spend some time figuring out what those values are going to be and then pursue them because of who we want to be. Right. And then family, building a family around us means recognizing the people that really share those and then making sure that we find ways to prioritize those relationships. Right. Um, And so specifically, you know, so that's kind of the general piece, but we looked at a story from Genesis in this message where Abraham and Lot are living together, or Abram at this point in time, their families are living together, they're nomads, they're wandering around. And they uh, somehow, um, and this is not a problem many of us have in life, but somehow they get too many possessions. They have too much... They have too many sheep and goats and whatever, and so uh, I guess what happens when that happens is you have too many animals to feed, and they and so they start getting, you know, they don't have enough food, so the animals start getting thin, and you run the risk of losing all the stuff you've built up. Right. And I don't know what that would be like because I haven't had this problem of having too many possessions, but that's what's described in Genesis, and this ends up there ends up being a lot of conflict. You know who gets what space, which animals get to feed. Uh, you know you've got shepherds out there trying to make sure that that their that their flocks get what they need, but they've they're in conflict with other shepherds. So there's basically there's this family strife that breaks out, and I, the circumstances I guess are not super relatable, but the fact that there's strife amongst the family is relatable. Right. Right. What you know this idea that.
0: And also the law of scarcity. You know, yeah. like who's, who might get, be getting cheated in this situation? Who, who might be goats getting a little too skinny, right? Who's so. getting
1: cheated? Um, this idea that uh, there's not enough for us to, for, for there's not enough for all of us to survive together. Right. Right. And I think that idea creates a lot of conflict and a lot of families if you have much or little. And so, you know, the, What Abram does is he goes to Lot and he basically says, we've got this wide area of land that is at our disposal. It's more than enough to take care of all of our stuff. But because of all this conflict, it may be important that we go our separate ways, right? This is kind of my paraphrase. Right. And he says, you can choose whichever part of the land that you like And whichever way you go, I'll go the other way. And so Lot chooses the land. that I guess they're standing on a high point, and he chooses the land that looks the most lush. And um, some people have called him selfish for doing that. I mean, seems like the prudent choice to me. Um, And Abram, true to his word, goes the other way. And I think that you know, the message is such a—I'm glad that we had so much to talk about up front because the message is so short and simple. But, you know, what I what I love in this story is that Abram, with all this strife and conflict building up in his family, so often what happens in our families or in our lives is when strife and conflict is building up, we get trapped in it. And all we can do is, like, say things and do things that make it worse, right, right? or exacerbate it, Um rarely do we find ways to step outside of it and brainstorm solutions or possibilities. Right. And so in the midst of all of this and going on with, with all of them being threatened, you know, um, by not having enough if they stay together, um, he's able to see possibilities. He's able to step outside of the conflict and the strife and say— there's another way to do this. Right. There's plenty of land here. There's plenty of space. We can both survive. It may mean splitting up, uh, but if we split up, that means there's not going to be conflict over resources and all of us are going to have an opportunity to thrive. And to me, that's a value. You know, that's, that's placing a really high value on... Um, on the thriving of their family, on the thriving of their community, to be able to say conflict is not going to limit my thinking just to more conflict, right. but I can think of possibilities that are in all of our best interests.
0: So I think what Abram did there is he deliberately stepped away from conflict conflict, for the purpose of uh, continuing the relationship, right? And so he, he looked for ways to um make sure that everybody could thrive.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think um you know, for me what that looks like is just a certain kind of freedom. Right? I mean, when our lives are defined by conflict or when we let our conflicts really get uh get a hold of us and we're not able to brainstorm possibilities for getting out of it or finding ways to seek the better you know the the potential to thrive for everybody in the conflict we're not free we're trapped in the conflict right and so i think that you know there's if i were going to point out a couple of values here worth holding on to um one would be yes you know that that ability to see possibilities when otherwise we may see only conflict but but also the freedom that comes from living out of this certain way of seeing, you know, the freedom that comes from, from saying, I'm going to value thriving above all else. Um, And that's going to force me to see possibilities that I otherwise wouldn't see.
0: You know, I had an example of this and because maybe it's because, you know, we're really trying to lean into these values and do them. Um, I had a possibility to um, make that choice this week and I cannot tell you how great it was, um, what a great feeling it was to lean in and do more, uh, on the upfront end. Um, and it really had a great, um, had a great outcome. So what had happened was I've been doing this, um, mentoring work at a particular place and I go down once a month and I work with people and, um, Last month, it was really an unpleasant situation,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) and um, I decided that I was done. Like, in the first place, I'm freaking out because of my schedule, and how are we going to get our podcast in? How am I going to get these books I'm writing finished? And here I am spending all this time traveling, preparing, and blah, 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 and the meeting was really challenging and difficult. And so I just said, well, the best thing in the world is just, hey, I've just solved this. I'm just going to stop doing this. Mm -hmm. And it was my first inclination. But the thing of it is that was a real problem for me was that that didn't fit my higher values. Right. And interestingly enough.
1: Bailing on this commitment, you know, was not a part of who you want to be.
0: Right. And um, everything about this commitment, as difficult as it is sometimes, fits my higher core values of service and service to a particular community that is marginalized and is underserved. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, do you know why I was able to have that thought? It's because in this Uber planning that I'm doing, in order to get all the things I want done done every day, it requires me every morning to look at my three intentions and my core values. And so every morning I stare in the face of them and order my day accordingly. And I could not back away from them to quit this. Mm-hmm. So then the second thing was, as I decided I'd just endure it. You know, I'll just keep going back. But that didn't seem like a thriving solution either. So I chose the third option, which I don't ever normally do, and call who I needed to call, who was responsible for this other thing, and say, hey, I really had a tough time last month. Could you could you help me do a better job?
1: hmm
0: Well, I can tell you quite frankly that I thought that last month I did an awesome job and that everybody was behaving like a bunch of knuckleheads, right? Mm-hmm. Um, And that's my normal conflictual response mode, to not think of a third way like, hey, you know what? You might be able to do something different that would make this better. And had the meeting yesterday, followed the suggestions that several people gave me, including you. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to go back next month. So... um, you know, um, I'm really digging this idea of staring into the face of my intentions Well, every it's, day.
1: Yeah, it's that. And it's also, it's funny how often, um, you know, having a conversation, just having an honest conversation about the thing without being hostile, Yeah. how effective that can be even if nothing's changing, right? Nothing circumstantially is changing.
0: Right. So, you know, when we talk about Abram and Lot's conflict, you know, I tend to think of stealing each other's goats and hens and maybe an occasional wife or two. Who knows? Who knows? But I think just having, and maybe this isn't true for anybody else but me, but I suspect that at least for about 30% of us this is true. Having an extra conversation one more conversation than you feel you need to have is a pretty good guideline for avoiding conflict.
1: Yeah Yeah, definitely at least you're giving uh, you're giving you're giving that people that circumstance that relationship it's its best opportunity to thrive. So that's pretty much all I had on that. Um, yeah are you feeling good? I'm good. Okay, we didn't talk about this in advance, and it's been a month since we've done it. But do you have anything that you want to recommend?
0: I do, but I have to bend down in the squeaky chair and look at the name to get the get it right.
1: Okay, go for it.
0: What are you going to recommend while I'm searching?
1: Um, that's a good question. Uh, because... You know, I was hoping that maybe you had something.
0: I do. I have a really good something.
1: So that um, I wasn't trapped trying to um, come up with something in the last minute. Um, well, here you
0: go. So I've got mine.
1: Oh, I, okay. I've got something I'll recommend. All right, this is super lame, but... Um, well, mine we, isn't. Mine's awesome. We had booklets printed. Uh, that, well, they, they are being printed as we speak, but... Uh, We are having booklets printed that unpack every uh, class that we are going to do on Saturday night this year. So we did some nice advanced planning. Um, I think there's six. Is it six or eight? I think it's eight. I think it's six. I'm pretty sure it's six.
0: What's eight times eight?
1: Sixty-four. Yeah, that's not it. It's six. Okay. So, um, yeah, I so we're, do we're doing... We're I, doing just go,
0: I just count up to 12.
1: We're doing six classes. I
0: count up to 12 for the 12 steps.
1: Okay. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so we've got these little booklets, and they will have detailed descriptions of what each one is, the dates and times and whatnot. So... They're pretty. If you're, if you're trying to plan your year, or if you have any interest in planning your year and uh, the Saturday nights that you want to be here, then... Uh, pick up one of those booklets next time you're here
0: yeah I thought they were good but here's mine so my friend Kathy Escobar wrote a book called Practicing Changing Yourself to Change the World and it is such a lovely lovely book um, and so uh, it's just hot off the presses I just got my copy mm-hmm. I'm not I, I'm you might have to even, like, pre-order it or whatever. Yep. I'm um, not sure that the, the larger world has it just yet, but here it is. It's Practicing, Changing Yourself to Change the World by Kathy Escobar. And um, she's done an amazing job.
1: Good. I'm sure we will have some copies here when it is available, so be on the lookout for that.
0: Yes, but if you live somewhere else... You can go on Amazon and get it for yourself.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, we have had music playing at various points during this podcast. The music is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions, which can be found on the web at sessions.blue. It's royalty free and we appreciate uh, what they do to make music available for people like us who are doing podcasts on low budgets. We, uh, we are North Star no community. No budget. Uh, well, I mean, we we, we bought some stuff. Uh, We are North Star Community. You can find us on the web at northstarcommunity.com. We really appreciate you listening, and we'll be back next week.